Burt, and I have a special guest tonight, Miss Sonia McCown. She's a superwoman, a survivor of COVID-19. So we're going to jump right into this interview with her. If you would, would you introduce yourself, ma'am? Yes, I am Sonia McCowan, COVID-19 pneumonia survivor. Right. Um, so how did you feel the week before your, your sickness, Miss Sonia? Well, I was having coughing, uh, runny nose, um, extremely tired, extremely tired, uh, high fever. Fever was fluctuating. 101, 102. Last time I checked, it was extremely high, which is 103.9. That's what, um, you know, cued me that I needed to go to the hospital. There's something serious was going on. Okay. So, did, did you have a confirmed COVID-19 test, and did they ever retest you later? Haven't gotten retested, but did have a COVID-19 um, test when I first went in the hospital. Um, they actually thought I had pneumonia. Okay. So they, they tested me for COVID and it come back false. So they retested me later, later when I was in the hospital. They retested me again and it came back positive. So haven't had a, a, another test. Those are my plans um, is to have a test. But I did receive a letter from the Genesee County Health Department. So if you don't have any signs or symptoms or anything like that, uh, upper respiratory problems, um, supposed to quarantine for at least 72 hours, they said, and then you can go back to work. So basically I'm in quarantine right now. So basically, you know, I'm thinking I need to get with my doctor to follow up that once my signs and symptoms are gone, then I'm, I'm free to get back to, you know, my regular lifestyle. But my plans are to get retested. I asked to be retested while I was in the hospital. But because of such a shortage in tests, um, they said they couldn't do it. Okay. So, um, what changed in your conditions to be put on the ventilator, and what medications were you given? Now, the medications, the medications, I don't know. So I do know once I went in, I went, I went in there on the nineteenth. I was immediately put on the ventilator. Okay. Um, probably was on that ventilator maybe approximately eight to 10 days. I, I don't know, with, because with all the medication and everything that I have was under, my memory is, it comes and goes. So I don't have any exact, you know, dates or times and things like that. So I'm just gonna give you approximate. Approximately probably was on that ventilator about maybe like eight to 10 days. Uh, got off the ventilator, was on 10 liters of oxygen. So while I was on that 10 liters of oxygen, I still had a hard time breathing, I'm walking to the bathroom, still having a hard time breathing. I wasn't statin where I need to be because the normal statin level is anywhere between 97 and 100. I was like below 80, still with 10 liters of oxygen. Okay. But I think what happened with the doctors was that um, my skin started turning like a reddish tone and I just started really losing a lot of oxygen again. Um, and then I had to go into the ventilator the second time. So after I got off the ventilator, I asked them what happened. Um, they said that the oxygen was not accepted in my body, that the virus was turning it into carbon monoxide. Wow. 
Right. So um, yeah, went under that ventilator again and probably was under there maybe about four days. Um, the medicines that I can remember that they were giving me, I know I was in a lot of Lasix, um, a lot of potassium, uh, antibiotics, all this is running through IV constantly, just get the water off my lungs, um, get the infection out of my lungs. Um, I do believe they did give me like some antiviral COVID something that they kind of experimenting with. A lot under a lot of pain med, was a lot under a lot of, um, I don't know, the, the medicine that keeps you sedated. Right. I was on a Foley catheter. I was being too fed. Like, I was sick. That second time around, um, my family members had been calling the nurses and, you know, they were crying extremely hard. And um, they had one nurse had told my dad that your daughter's very sick. I don't think she's not Wow. So this was your yeah. second stint? That was my second. That was my second one. Yeah, that was on my second one. Okay. Yeah. So when you was being tube fed, how long was they feeding you out of tube? Um, I had been tube fed probably for about four or five days. Okay. Yeah, I can remember on that second time. First right. time, I can't remember. Maybe that, maybe that was about four or five days too. All right. Yeah. So, what symptoms did you experience? Well, you know, to be put back on the ventilator, I think we just went over that. Or if you want to elaborate on that anymore. Well, the thing, well, the, what was amazing with me on the ventilator this time is I wasn't heavily sedated like they thought I was. Oh. So my eyes were closed. Yes. My eyes were closed. I could still hear everything. Um, and it's in my subconscious mind. You know, what I kept seeing was my children. I kept hearing something telling me I am God. And the only thing I can remember is keep telling myself to breathe. Right. Breathe. Breathe, Sonya. Breathe. In and out. Breathe. Breathe. And I kept going through that over and over and over again. I am God. Breathe, Sonya. Breathe. And my children and my family. I just kept those thoughts just never left consciousness. Subconsciously. So then, next thing I know, I can hear them saying, she's breathing on her own. She's breathing on her own. And um, <laughs> I can remember lifting my head up when the doctors would come in so I could let them know. They're like, hey, I'm here. I would lift right. my head up. My mom said that I was calling her on the phone. Now, I'm on the vent. I was calling her on the phone. I can't talk, you know, can't do anything. And I guess subconsciously, I just wanted to hear her voice. I wanted to let somebody know yes. I'm going to be okay. Yes. Um, then I started, uh, the nurses started coming in. I started opening my eyes. Remember, everybody thought I was sedated. Right. I started opening up my eyes, and um, the nurse is like, oh, my God, she's awake. She's up. So then I started telling them, reposition me. I started writing. I got all the notes and stuff right now. Writing me. I was writing all kind of things. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I was writing all kind of things on there. But they were amazed with that, that I was writing all of that. Right. The hospital actually says that they had never seen nothing like that before. And um, I'm a miracle. Uh, so those are some things that um, I can't remember. And I can remember that they said, you know what? You're coming off the vent. You're coming off the vent. And I remember that. And I came off the vent four days later. Four days but later, I, you came off the vent. It was literally, I was literally fighting for my life. Right. 
that's 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 a blessing. Yes. So did yes. the doctor tell you about any long term effects from the ventilator and coronavirus? I was under so much heavy medication yes. uh, to keep me sedated. They said, you know, my memory may come and go. I may have some post-traumatic stress, you know, um, which I am having, you know. Um, they said, you know, if that gets too bad, you know, I need to seek some help. Um, my lungs right now still have small pockets of infection, and they said I could, you know, possibly have some scarring, but I'm not getting ready to even claim that either um, but they said just over time my lungs have to basically heal on their own heal, you know heal, heal on their own you know it was a virus right when me it came out you know it was a virus it was you know nothing that was going to last forever but I do have some aftermath okay um, come home with two liters of oxygen today I've been you know checking my stats all day for my O2 um, that tells me that my lungs are opening up more because I haven't even been on the oxygen all day. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, so I am most definitely in recovery. And then one of the things, too, is that by lying in the bed, you know, that length of time, because I was in the hospital 26 days. So lying in the bed that entire time, not walking, thing like that, you have to learn how to teach yourself how to walk all over. All right. Get your muscle, your strength, and your endurance back. So you know, that was one thing that I started doing in the hospital. They gave me a walker. I started walking with the walker, take myself to the bathroom, things like that. And when I was like, man, I'm not using this walker. I'm <laughs> walking on my own. Right. That's, that's small, great. Small steps, you know, really determined, really strong, you know. So right now, I'm just doing a little thing to just keep building my strength and my endurance back. You know, I got a physical therapist that's going to be coming next week. I got a nurse that's going to be following me next week. Um, I got some people that's going to be following me through this whole process until I am home. Um, all the way recovered. That's great. So, um, yeah. so how are you curling feeling right now? I, I feel truly blessed. I, like I'm rejoicing. Um, I thank God every day. I don't take anything for granted. You know, I'm seeing life through a different lens. It's like it's like when you talk, when you're thinking about balance. You know, here's my balance. Right. You know, all that small things, all that stuff that people argue about just small things, you know, I'm like, even my mom, I'm like, let it go, you know, just let it go, it just doesn't matter, it's like, I've been through all this traumatic, it's like, I'm very grateful, gratitude, you know, um, never said, never said that I did take anything for granted, but I think I, you know, to cherish and love right. more, you know, and my goal is to, just, you know, continue to pay forward, you know, pay forward anywhere I can, but, you know, that's why I want to get my story out there, so I can build this platform for the COVID survivors, you know. So we can continue to pay forward, you know, as far as with research, as far as with, you know, policy procedures with schools, with businesses, because, you know, it's just a different way. It's just a, right. it's gonna be a different way from here on out. You know. So you, is, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice this COVID stuff for the rest of my life. Oh, so you think um you think with this COVID going on, first of all, if I, I apologize, could you Elaborate a little more about your COVID nineteen survival group that you starting and you want to get going. Well, I, I, I want I would like to get that going. Um, I just want to get a lot of people who who has experienced the same thing, so we can kind of talk about it if they're having that post traumatic 
some things that we can kind of figure out how as a group, as a team, we can pay forward, you know, come together with some different ideas, you know, as far as with um, different policies, different procedures that we can implement, help schools, help, you know, like I said, help businesses, help adult foster care homes. Right. Um, we could go out there and, and, you know, talk about precautionaries, the seriousness of the COVID, the social distance, um, help, you know, you know, supply things. You know, just just get out there and just help. Yes. You know, and just have a passion for people. You know, for positive outcomes. Because a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people are taking this COVID nineteen serious. Why do you think that? Because I see all the jokes and memes they put on Instagram. Um, I see people out. You know, when I came out of the hospital, I saw people out with just no mask on, no gloves on. You know, here in Michigan, they want to hurry up and reopen up the state. You know, it's like, man, we, we've had a lot of deaths. I think we had almost 33,000 deaths in Michigan. Wow. In so Michigan alone. Sorry, cases. Cases. But I think we had close to 4,000 deaths. Right. We had a lot of cases. Like, Detroit is a hot spot for COVID. So, no, I don't think people are really taking it serious. Some people are just think That's just my opinion. Okay. With, with, with Detroit, that's what we're talking about. An hour or two away from Flint, right? About an hour. About an hour. Why, why is that such a hot spot within Michigan? And do you feel that it is hitting the African-American race differently than any other races? Or what's your view on that? I do feel it's hitting, you know, the statistics are showing. I feel it's hitting because, you know, you know, our people have, have a lot of pre-existing conditions, diabetes, you know, kidney problems, high cholesterol, COPD, you know, just think just over the years of just not taking care of ourselves. You know? Yes. Yeah. And um, this will cause a pre-existing condition. You know, some things are... Genetics, hereditary, I do get that. But I think before us, it's just a lot of pre-existing conditions that are an underlying factor for the survival of you getting that COVID-19. Now, I didn't have any pre-existing, thank God. But right. if I had some, I might have been in some serious trouble. Right. So after, so after being released from the hospital, did the doctor place you in a 14-day quarantine? Yes, I'm in a 14-day quarantine right now. Okay, how many days you got left? Uh, what's today's date? Today is the um, the 19th. Oh, the 19th. So I have the 28th. Okay. So the 28th, I'll be out of quarantine. Okay. Yeah. So how your 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 mental state? I know you touched on the PSD, PTSD. What's, what's yeah. your mental? What's your mental state right now? Where, where are you at? I'm just afraid. Um, I'm just telling everybody, make sure you wipe your groceries. Make sure you, <laughs> you know, you have gloves on. Make sure you're changing your gloves. Make sure you got your mask on. You know, I'm just giving everybody, I'm just giving everybody, you know, those um, safety precautions. And um, I kind of go back sometimes and think about what I went through and where I am. And I think one of the things that um, for me is the most is that I'm just afraid to go to sleep. Wow. Yeah. 
yeah, so I've just been like sleeping here and there, here and there, because it's just like I see those doctors and I'm just afraid that my oxygen is going to go down. But then that's when I have to redirect, just put my faith. Okay. You know, redirect and put it back into, into my faith in God and say, I'm healed. He brought me here this far. You know, everything's going to be okay. Right. So, um, and then my memory, you know, my memories, they kind of lapse sometimes. And, you know, all those drugs and everything, they're actually coming out. They told me, you know, first 48 hours may be the worst. I had a lot of IVs. I had IV in my neck, IV in my arm, you know, all of that stuff pumping through your body. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so, but, um, so and I and I and I rejoice every day, you know. We, we we just know we can't take anything for granted. So not even movement, not even moving your neck to the left or the right, or just getting out of bed. So we just jump out of bed like that. Right. So you know we just can't we can't take nothing for granted in life. Nothing. Just gotta cherish every single day. Every single day. So. Every moment. Every, every second. Moment. Yes. Right. To. So let what's let's talk about the importance of hand washing. Social social distance, faith, and all that. What's what's your perspective on it? What's your advice? What's hand wash? Wash your hands every chance you get. Right. And I know they say you can use that hand sanitizer and all of that. That's fine. Use that temporary, but still get to a station and hand, and wash your hands. You know, uh, keep your social distance. You know, keep your mask on. You know, they say the virus lasts seventy two hours. And after 72 hours, the virus is killed on any surface. Um, when you bring in household items and things in, make sure you wipe those down. Make sure you take your shoes off at the door. They say the virus can live on your shoes. Right. You know, make sure that when you're coming in, you know, you're home. Take your clothes off and maybe put them in a wash. So those are the safety precautionaries that has to be done so no one doesn't get that COVID, you know. And... Um, and I, I, like I said, it's, it's just going to be a new way of life for me <laughs> right. because, you know, and it's, it's just very important because, and, you know, with me having COVID, I don't, they don't know if my body has built an immunity to it. Do I have antibodies? Can I get it again? They don't know. So I really have to be careful, you know, because I don't want COVID again. Yeah. I, I don't want that virus again. Right. So, um. Uh, did they ever say? Did they ever? Did the doctor ever tell you when? Would they know when you won't be? You won't ever get it again, or it's just up in the air. Or we don't know right now. They don't know right now. It's just so much research being done because it's new. It's just a new. It's just new. So it's, they don't know. It's just so much research being done. That's that's a part I want to be part of the research. It's just so much. You know, they don't know. They don't know. So. I just say with the COVID, you have to be intentional. You have to be intentional with the social distance. You have to be intentional with washing your hands. You have to be intentional and mindful of everything, you know, because, you know, the virus, some people have mild symptoms. Right. You know, they can have just cough, temperature, diarrhea, loss of taste, smell. That could be it. And some people get it hit hard, like others, myself. You know, thank God I was, you know, I had was on the vent twice, come off of it. But some people never do. Yeah. They never do. You know, so um, 
just to avoid all of that, you just got to be safe. You mm. just got to be safe and intentional. So the the new world that we possibly about to be living in, or we're currently living in now, going forth in the future, mask and gloves, walking around, um, that's going to be something different. It is. You know, that's... It is. That's going to be scary. You know, it is, but I, at this point, I'm going to be walking around with masks for, I don't know how long, when I get back to myself, because I don't, I don't want COVID anymore. Right. So I'm just gonna. I'm intentional with it. But yeah, yeah. Until they can come up and give me some concrete facts about this, then I have to protect myself and my family and tell them the same thing. You know. So. So did you know, I know through with with your prayer, with your faith in God, did you ever feel like the doctors, the nurses, they just running around and they just as lost and. What what how would you, how would you take their action toward what you was going going through? I I never felt like that. That that team of doctors they wanted to save my life. That's great. And they did everything they could to do it. That's one. They did everything. They did everything. When I was on that bit the first time, they did everything. When I came off the bit the when I had to go back on the bed, the second time I come off of it, they were there around the clock, the doctors monitoring me. You know, I was my heart was connected to this. Those nurses and doctors were in and out, in and out, in and out. They did everything they could to save my life, and they did it. And we appreciate them. Yeah. 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 So We're thankful for them. I just, you know, my story too is to give people hope, you know, because you hear so many bad things about people, you know, are dying from this disease or actually from this virus. Um, my thing is just to just give people hope to say, hey, you know, I'm here. You know, I was on that ventilator twice and I am here. I am here. And um, I don't know what that team, all the medicine that they use, I don't know. But... Um, it's just my, it was just my, my, my faith in God too. All right. My faith in God. Yeah. That's right. So, um, we want to talk about you have a, a GoFundMe page. Yes, I do. I have a GoFundMe, a Cash App, and a PayPal. Um, and that's just the GoFundMe is just my name, Sonya McCowan. Um, you can just hit that, Google it, and the GoFundMe just comes right up. Um, Say that again for him. Uh, Sonia, S-O-N-I-A, and it's McCowan, M-C, capital K-E-O-W-N. I can't remember my PayPal in my uh, uh, cash app because my daughter, she was an organizer for those things. I have it. Okay. <laughs> the cash app is the... I can't right, the cash app is the money sign, X-O-X-O. L O N G. Cash App is the money sign X O X O L O N G. PayPal is paypal.me backslash Sonya McCow. PayPal is paypal.me backslash Sonya McCow. Yeah, 
That's great. And anything else you would... First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time out to talk with me so the world could hear your story. I know um, your friend, our mutual friend, connected us. We want to thank God for her. And, you know, you, you spent time in our hometown, Mississippi, Starkville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your yellow jacket. So, <laughs> I just want to thank you, and I really appreciate it. And, you know, I will always continue to check on you. And, you know, we done started our new friendship, and, you know, I will be around. I'm a call or text away. So, if anything else you want to say to the people before we end the interview, I just wanted to thank you first. You're welcome. Uh, yes, I just want to tell everyone who's out there listening. Really, 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 I can't stress it enough about being intentional with being safe, practicing those safety precautionaries out there. Spread the word to your loved ones about the safety. Um, and also, keep the faith, prayer, and just know that there is, you know, a survivor out here that beats COVID. I beat, beat COVID. And tell everyone that. So, when you think about a sad story, Think about a happy one, and that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your time. Um, I'll check on you. Thank you again. God bless you. You're welcome. All right. Have a good evening. Okay, you too. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.